you know, I'm afraid to open up Safari because Frank's Mac sucks so hard that I don't want to mess anything up. Uh, you have your I'll, iPad? I do have my iPad. So you can look at the show notes, at least. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, or, or, yeah or, Twitter, God knows. or whatever. God <laughs> knows I want to make never sure I'm prepared. Right. I look at yeah. the show notes. We are nothing but professional. Am I a square for looking at the notes? Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're going to get picked on after Isometric is over for being a nerd. <laughs> Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here, as always, with the head of development at Giant Space Cap, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crackalackin'? I'm feeling ready for a trial today. Oh, I'm feeling ready right. for it. I, I admit nothing. Okay, that's good. <laughs> we also have uh, uh, assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing great. I don't really know what the trial is about. I don't either. I saw some tweets, though, and I'm very excited. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I, I'm just used to brief. It's about I'm, com- I'm completely this is impartial. About, I am unbiased. Topic. I, I am merely a reporter covering the trial. I think he's going to have some comments about my journalist and journalistic integrity, of which I have none because I'm not a journalist. But. That's very interesting. <laughs> Sounds very interesting. Corruption. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we also have senior editor for MyWar.com and host of the Vector podcast, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be representing Steve in this trial, and, and he's guilty. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> All right. All right. Good. I felt that's like how that he's, saved a lot of he's time choosing to, talk to plead guilty. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that he is. Oh. I'm not sure how he pleads yet. I, I have an objection. I don't know what I don't know what I'm je- objecting. You don't get to, to object. I'm everything. your attorney. You can't object <laughs> to me. <laughs> we, we don't know very much about the about law. The <laughs> yeah, this is not a legal podcast by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I'm not an attorney, fact, and I don't play one on TV. In, in fact, what's going on right now may, in fact, be illegal, but that's besides the point. <laughs> oh, it's, it's dangerous. It's certainly immoral. The cops are going to show up any minute. All right, like let's, that ever let's just us. get to the corruption. And, yeah, I just want to say at the beginning, you know, Steve, this is not about gender. This is about ethics and journalism. Oh, oh good. I just want to be really clear about that. So my friend Christian Stroman informs me that he sent you some chocolate. He oh. did. He did. He did. Like, what's up with that? What's up with that? He yeah, sent me, yeah. He sent me chocolate. He, he sent, sent you chocolate. chocolate. Well, I said, yeah, what he didn't tell you is that I sent him a whole metric crap load of uh, Sour Patch Kids. Right. Yeah. So it was a quid pro quo here. Yes. Yeah. Right. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a precedent. If there, you was a precedent. There, was, there, was, there was an exchange of services rendered is what, is okay. what happened. Okay. So let me ask you this. Did you did you share the chocolate with your co-hosts or did you just keep it all to yourself? Oh, no, I, I shared it with Maureen. Uh-huh. Your co-host in mm-hmm. life? My co-host yeah. in life and my, my, in life, the yeah. journey that is uh, in the podcast that is uh, my life's journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, Steve. I think uh, corruption. corruption. Oh, OK, well, you know, as his lawyer, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, how do you feel? I mean, as an unbiased observer, I also, I agree. I love chocolate. I yeah. would have loved to have some. I don't know. Yeah. I'm disappointed, honestly. <laughs> well, I will tell you that. This if, is a travesty. If, if corruption yeah. tastes like chocolate-covered bugles, then I will revel in corruption. So, 
Oh, that sounds like a weird soulless. combination of flavors. Oh, let me tell you, I, I am very disappointed in the innovation that this country has brought. That we, <laughs> uh, the best that we can come up with is cappuccino flavored potato chips, and they are covering bugles with chocolate in Norway, and it is, it is glorious. I like chocolate covered pretzels. Compare, contrast the it's, flavors of this. It's more like chocolate covered any- potato chips almost. What was that? Do you hear any remorse? No. No. No, I feel I feel like he's proud. In yeah. in the short interview that I had, he seemed to have no remorse whatsoever. It was yeah. sick, really. Yeah, really. Just, I think this can go to the vote. Okay. Okay. Uh listeners, as you're listening to the show this week, uh just send your guilty verdict to the hashtag. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I I feel I feel like you're poisoning the jury here. I'm completely unbiased, Steve. Oh, okay. Poison it like poisoning no. it like a chocolate covered bugle. No, yeah. that's not poison. That is that is nectar of the gods, is what that is. Remember, right. he said that. All right, corruption. Okay, that's it. it. If this is corruption, I will. I am. I am guilty of sin, and I Just have so. no remorse. We will let the isometric listeners decide, even though they've already decided you're guilty. So okay. send your guilty vote to hashtag Fandigate, and we'll, we'll find out what happens. <laughs> Can I can I say it? We have some of the best listeners in the oh whole world. Oh my god! They are some of the best listeners. Tim Bennett he sent us on Twitter a picture of himself <gasps> playing Revolution sixty, wearing a panda hat with a panda stuffed animal in a lounge chair. It was, it was really cute. It was professionally <laughs> lit too. Yeah, I mean, it looked really good. Yeah, and he was like I, I took he... the picture myself, but he's like posing as though he's not the one taking the picture of himself, and it looks really good. Well, the funniest part is like I wasn't sure that it was actually him because I'm like, right. he, like maybe he found someone else in a panda right. <laughs> and like I thought got professional like lighting and put yeah. them in an adorable I, right. panda hat. See, see, here's the thing, Georgia, is that I'm pretty sure that if you don't listen to this show and you try to explain this to a normal sane person, <laughs> they would just call Arkham Asylum and just have you locked up right away. Pro- yeah. That's probably true. I think I feel bad for people that are starting the show at like episode 19 because they're going to be like, I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> and I promised Callum, so I'm going to say it right now. I'm I'm going to do my, my, what is it called? A hand, back Anda. hand. Anda. A fan. I'm, I will do that at some point. I, I promised I would. So there we go. It's, it's going to happen. And, and I mean, the feedback, almost all of it, except for the one tweet that told that said that we were racist and sexist and and full of self loathing, which you know, that was our favorite one. That was that was pretty good, actually. That's probably uh, true. But yeah. other than that, I mean, all the all of the tweets have been super supportive, and we thank you for you know sharing mm-hmm. the podcast with uh, everyone. And we were actually at one point up to number two in iTunes in the video mm-hmm. game podcast category. All Mind the podcasts blowing. out there, out of all of them, out of everything. IGN puts out. Yeah, I don't want to name the name of my competitors' podcasts, but you know, like we were literally doing better. Like we have more <laughs> subscriptions than you know all these other shows, and like for us, that's you know it's huge. We don't have an entire video game site behind us, like promoting us. So I was, I was just, I was really honored to be honest that. You know, our listeners would care that much about the work we do on the show. And it just, it, it really made like this entire awful Gamergate thing mm-hmm. just seem, it really made it better. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I do. Yeah. 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 It was really nice yeah. to hear from people this week. Yeah. yeah and we yeah. got some really touching emails too that we're not uh, going to read on the show because I want to respect everybody's privacy and everything like that. And there were some that said that they didn't want it read it read except anonymously. But we did read everything that, that was sent in and we just really, we love you guys, and yeah. 
thank you so a- much for all the support. Cause I mean, that was yeah. as, as it was a hard show. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm speaking of myself and it was probably, you know, least for me, but you know, it was a hard show to record. It was certainly a hard show for me to edit and listen back to. And, you know, we were even a little bit nervous about releasing it and just all yeah. the positive feelings and all the, and everything that, that came out of that was just completely positive and completely awesome. We'd really thank you for that. Yeah, and I love the, the people that aren't gamers and listen yeah. to our show. It's I'm just I'm always in awe. Thank you so much. Keep on sending us uh, messages and what you think and what you like and what you don't like. It's okay. And uh, yeah, it's really very touching. I'm yeah. I can't believe yeah. it. Like 19 episodes ago, <laughs> when we started, <laughs> I was like, this I don't know. I would have not expected us to be here. So that's pretty yeah. sweet. Well, you got on the Brianna crazy train. That's what you did. Like, I like I like the yeah. woot woot. <laughs> Is Brianna conducting this train? Is that why things have been so weird? Train. Okay. Someone I, else is probably driving it. Steve is laying down like the, the train track from as speed, quickly really. as he can in front of the train. <laughs> we might actually be in the same space and like the same spot and like, you know, everything else is moving. That seems likely. I don't know what that signifies, but it sounds like what's happening right Maddie, now. Maddie, I love that you were supportive, though. Like, I'm going crazy. It was like crazy when I said you're like, that seems likely, Georgia. I love that. Sure, sure, Georgia. Yeah, that's that's totally what's happening. Um, let's talk about video games. Let's talk about video sure. games. So I wanted to talk about Nintendo last week, and that kind of didn't happen. So I've had a whole week to kind of get my lather up and get riled up about all the stuff that they've done over the past week. You deserve it because I, they have done some weird stuff. I, okay, can we start? Can we start with the good thing? I, I want to start off. I want to start off with positivity. Go for it. So I guess they, they released Smash Brothers in Japan this week. And so people have been unlocking all the characters that they haven't announced formally. And it looks like there are a couple characters that are returning. They're getting Ness and Jigglypuff and uh, Mr. Game & Watch and a couple from, from Brawl and from Melee. But the one character that's new that they're adding in is the dog from Duck Hunt. Now that we know that we have people who don't follow games, I guess we have to kind of explain <laughs> I think Expl- most people know do, do about most the dog know, from Duck Hunt. We could have some children listening, but so the okay, thing. Okay, but even but, okay. I know about the dog from Duck Hunt. Well, so, you know, you, you, you are know. a wee lass, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about the dog from Duck Hunt that is that I realized is that for thirty years, we people have been trying to shoot the dog from Duck Hunt in the face, and now you will finally actually be able to do it. Hmm. So that mm-hmm. is You know, that I is never exciting. even thought of doing that. No, what? <laughs> you are seriously like that. the nicest person in the world. Like, that's not possible. Everybody has tried to shoot that dog in the face. Really? At least once. Did the dog not irritate you? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Well, I, to explain to our listeners, yes. George's position is a very unusual one. <laughs> Ordinarily, people are irritated by the dog. Because it laughs at you. It laughs, it at, does you. laugh it laughs at you. It laughs at your failure. It laughs at, it laughs at you if you do poorly, which is like the antithesis of what a game should do, I think. I hate that. I'm starting to think that Georgia is actually the person who got up to level 60 in World of Warcraft by not killing anybody. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Though. No, no, no. I was, I was heavily into PvP always. So no, that's, that's not me. 
Maybe just, Georgia was just so good at duck hunt that the dog never laughed at her. So she was like, yeah, dog, you're my teammate. We're buds. <laughs> I am perfect at video games. No, no, I, I don't know. I No, he laughed at me. I didn't really, I don't know why I didn't take offense to it. Oh. So I have to say, like, I had a conversation with Steve today about this that upsets him because he's like, hey, Bree, you know, there's the dog from Duck Hunt in the new Super Smash. And I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that. I haven't been paying attention. And then I look it up. And I circle places on the, like I took a screenshot of him, I take circle different parts of the, the character, and I send them back to Steve, and I say, this geometry is unacceptably faceted, because you can see like the points of it being really pointy, where they didn't, they wanted to keep the poly count very low. And yeah, that kind of pissed Steve off. My position is that I really don't care, because I just want to shoot that dog in the face, and I don't really care if he's pointy. But it's uh, okay. Do you think it might be intentional though, because of the fact that Duck Hunt is a very old game, and they were going for a particular look? Or that's not the impression you're getting. No, at no. Did you see the? Did you see any of the gifs of it? No. Oh yeah, I, no. He's he's rendered in 3D. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, it's not like Mr. Game and Watch, where Mr. Game and Watch was clearly like, uh, Mr. Game and Watch is from the old like LCD games that were like pre right 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 and so he's very clearly like 2d and flat and he just kind of moves really stutterly because that's that's what they're going for but they are not doing that with the duck hunt dog he is clearly 3d do you think they're trying to keep low poly low bone models because it's got to be on 3ds as well oh yeah i'm sure of it assuming that he's in the wii u version i'm sure he'll look a lot better well it seems to me like smash brothers is probably stretching the limits of what they can do with the 3DS, which kind of leads us into the other 3DS news that we thought we were going to talk about last week, which is that Nintendo did a Japan-only Nintendo Direct, or they called it a Japan-only Nintendo Direct because Nintendo apparently doesn't understand that people outside Japan can actually watch this thing. And they dropped the bomb that they are announcing the (laughs) quote-unquote new 3DS. Mm. So there's a new 3DS and a new 3DS XL that they are releasing in Japan next month, I believe. And it's going to have a second analog stick and uh, it's going to have a slightly faster processor and I guess a slightly better screen mm-hmm. and a couple of a couple of other features I might be missing something that's going to be released in Japan this year and then it will be released in North America and Europe sometime next year it's not going to be for this holiday I mean can we just say this for the the listeners so basically there's a 3ds model that they came out what with it well like three years ago four years ago four years years ago. ago they come out with the 3ds and then they came out with the 3DS XL. Then they come out with the 2DS. It doesn't have the 3DS capabilities. Yeah. And now Nintendo is coming to market with a new 3DS and a new 3DS XL. And the thing is, the new 3DS and the new 3DS XL <laughs> will play games <laughs> and you will not be able to play them on the 3DS and to make it even more complicated, they literally this week, Nintendo of America tweeted out this new, not a new, but okay, so it's a new 3DS, but it's not a new, new 3DS. So it's a new 3DS. But it's that, not the yeah, new 3DS. But it's not the new, new 3DS that will play games so, for the new 3DS. And, and uh, by the way, just adding insult yeah. to injury, 
Right. It's a really it's I don't know. I mean, you could argue about the design or not, but it's a it's a design. They they did three of them, but one of them is a design that has an old school Nintendo controller on it that I yeah. actually might be interested in at the point where I'm going to have to buy another 3DS for one of my kids anyway. But mm. uh, there's no way I can buy this thing now because I know that the new one is coming out, except that they haven't even announced anything in this country. So there's a lot of people who are going to see this and probably going to buy it, not knowing that there's a new, new 3DS coming out right. in, in a couple of months. Pixelkin is a new site that, oh has, that is awesome, that is doing a lot, really yeoman's work in terms of video game reporting for parents. And it's an awesome site. You should absolutely go and, and subscribe to the RSS feed and go read it. But they have this chart, which is like... <laughs> the greatest chart it's, ever made. It's madness. <laughs> it's, it's madness. It's... It's like there's five different versions of the 3DS, <laughs> and I, I, like I'm up on this stuff, and it's confusing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like this chart, if you look at it, they have at the top all the different models of the Wii, so you can get the Wii, yeah. you can get the Wii Mini, or you can get the Wii U, and like it has all these different charts of the features and the the internet capability and then for the handheld consoles it's got like five of them down there and like i'm a developer and i'm looking at this and i'm just like wtf mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's so crazy and you combine that with releasing the new new 3ds mm-hmm. that is going to have games that only work for the new new 3ds and it having special hardware buttons that like a second analog stick to play these games on it. It's just really crazily poorly thought out. And to add the biggest insult to injury, the one game, the one game I've played on 3DS that made me want a second analog stick, Resident Evil Revelations. Oh um, yeah. I'm right there with you on that game. And I've been thinking about it the whole time. So I'm glad you brought it up. The sequel is not coming out to 3DS. Okay. Great. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That's Isn't exactly that what I would have thought Nintendo would do based <laughs> yeah. on everything that you told me yeah. today. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. All great. Right. That's, but that's the problem with anachronistic uh, names is that if, like, and then after a while, the, th- the new 3DS is no longer going to be new, but it's still going to be called the new 3DS. That's the same mistake that Apple made with the new iPad because it's, it's no longer the new iPad now. It's the old new iPad and then there's the iPad 4. Like, it's... It's just ridiculous in that. I, I know I've got a bit of a reputation for being a Nintendo apologist <laughs> on this on this show. Guil- guilty. Okay. I would guilty. say you have more of a reputation for having a love hate relationship with Nintendo uh, yeah. that okay. has intense ups and downs and really concerning tendencies that your friends have tried to step in and talk to you about and that you've waved away. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. We're going to go through all of those ups and downs in the next five minutes. No, I know. Well, because... they're mostly downs. I'm really curious <laughs> no. about what you think the ups are. Okay, though. okay. So as far as the hardware is concerned, because I think there's two things here. There's the actual hardware, and then there's how they're dealing with this. Okay? The actual hardware, I think, is really the best that they can do given the corner they painted themselves into. Because they are in a position where they can't kill off the 3DS right now. They can't because the Wii U is still struggling and the 3DS is really what's keeping them afloat. So they are clearly running into a wall with the 3DS. We've, we've seen that because they're really, other than Pokemon and Smash Brothers, there really is not very much coming out for the 3DS. And I'm starting to believe that that might be because 
the developers are starting to run up against a wall with what the 3DS can do. I mean, the 3DS is... We still haven't seen any Super Nintendo games for the Virtual Console. We still haven't seen any... Well, I mean, they, they did have the GBA games for the, for the Ambassadors. But it's kind of weird that they haven't run any Super Nintendo games. They claimed at one point, and I guess they're probably lying because they're, they are coming out with it eventually, that NES Remix wouldn't run on the 3DS. Yeah, that's crap. Which is crap because they're now they're yeah. coming out with it this year. But whatever. But it seems like there's a, there's a performance issue there because it's, it's basically an N64. And there's a limit to how far you can push that. And the fact that they're coming out with Xenogears for this thing, the new 3DS, that, and it won't run on the old, says that there's something to them needing to bump the processor. But they can't come out with just like, oh, here's the 4DS or whatever. Because they can't kill off the 3DS because parents will flip the hell out. Because See, I don't, yeah. Because uh, it, the, th- the thing of it is that a most I think most parents are first of all you're buying multiples of this thing, right? This is the only console where you're likely to be buying one for each kid, as opposed to like a Wii U where you're buying one for the house. And I don't think I think that there's a lot of animosity when a new one comes out right after they finally caved and bought the old one. Hmm. And if they came out with a 3DS now, well, I just bought a 3DS right, right, right. last year because the kid's been, been bothering me for a year. And I finally caved and bought them a 3DS. And now you're telling me there's a new thing and it's not going to play the games of the old thing? Like, that's not going to fly. I, so, I, I have to, like, insert a developer opinion sure. here. And it's like, so when I look at games that truly tax the 3DS, I see Super Mario Land. I personally don't see games that really seem to you know, be hitting that very hard. In fact, I would probably argue the strength of the 3DS is the lower development costs of it compared to the next-gen systems. I don't know. I mean, I, I, of course, could be wrong, but I just I can't imagine that developers are... <clears throat> saying we need more power, more power, more power, because I don't think the 3DS consumer is interested in that kind of experience. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. so, but I think there's also the the analog stick, the second analog stick is also kind of a sticking point, because they've been trying to do that forever. Like, the CirclePad Pro came out, I want to say, like, six months to a year after the 3DS came out. Mm-hmm. And it never, t- they came out with, I think, Monster Hunter 3, and it never, and it never took off. And it's the same kind of thing like we've talked about with unbundling the Kinect, where if it's not part of the system, and I mean the CirclePad Pro, it looks like a hot mess anyway. Right. So it's, it's the kind of thing that if it's not part of the system, I have a feeling there are some developers who want to build games that take advantage of, of the second analog stick. And, and they can't do it because there are probably like a couple thousand CirclePad Pros in existence and they won't sell anything. So I'm sure that they've heard that from developers also. I mean, I could be completely wrong. The kind of games I enjoy on the 3DS don't need that. But um, as far as like the 3DS being technically unable to run Super Nintendo games, that's crap. I mean, it's that's talking about the efficiency of the emulator and, you know, if they have some kind of translation wrapper because it's not going to run on that particular processor. I mean, that's... That's a let's sit down and figure out a more efficient way to run this, but it's it's completely possible to do that. So I I don't find that credible. I mean, but I, but I mean I think why wouldn't they? I mean I, other than the fact that they're Nintendo and they don't know what the hell they're doing sometimes, but but push people to buy push people to buy a new system. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, but I mean I like, think that up to now with 
I mean, Super Mario World would have been a cash cow on the 3DS, right? I mean, Link to the Past would be a cash cow on the 3DS. I just, I just saw some people tweeting today because they're doing a, uh, they're doing a sale on the eShop for in uh, for Smash Brothers where they're selling a whole bunch of the, uh, of virtual console games at a discount. And I saw one person who was like, "Well, I can't get Link to the Past on my on my 3DS. What gives?" And it's like, "Well, that's that's you know what Nintendo's doing, but." Regardless of the actual hardware, and I mean, there are some good things about it. I mean, presumably a better screen has got to be good. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact that they're going to be doing interchangeable faceplates instead of like all of these special edition things. Like the whole thing with the NES special edition or the Yoshi special edition or the, the Smash Brothers special edition. Like you shouldn't have to buy a new 3DS every single time that you just want to, you know, see one of those games on your... I I just don't know at what point you don't conclude that Nintendo does not respect the consumer at a certain point, because this is clearly confiscatory towards the consumer. It's a nightmare for parents, and Nintendo is full of BS when they talk about this, with all respect. Oh, they are, absolutely. Oh, they totally are. I've heard Nintendo executives talking about how like with the original 3DS came out and they're like, oh, it's completely impossible for us to make it smaller and thinner. We already used all our tricks to make that possible. It, it's just a lie. Like, especially if you look at like the iPhone, which came out the same time mm-hmm. I read this interview and look at Apple miniaturizing the parts. I mean, Nintendo just doesn't care at a certain point and they're willing to make money off the consumer by kind of offering a bad deal. And I, I don't buy this argument that's better for the developers or developers are asking for this. I think Nintendo doesn't care. Well, I mean, the, the NES Remix thing absolutely was a lie. I mean, that's yeah. I, we had that conversation. This was predates the podcast, but I remember you and I having that conversation online way back mm-hmm. when they did it. And they said, oh, yeah, NES Remix isn't going to run on the 3DS. And now they're releasing NES Remix for the 3DX. So that, obviously that's, that was a lie. What, what do but, you think, Maddie? I think that the way that Nintendo brands and markets these products is unintentionally hilarious (laughs) (laughs) because it's hilarious in a sad way where I'm laughing at them to clarify because they have named these products in the worst possible way. And I realize that this new system is from any other Hardware Which new developer. system I are you talking about? That. It doesn't <laughs> the, matter. The new any one of these new systems, the Wii U included, from any other developer, it would seem like, oh, this is a cash grab. There really isn't that much that's different about it. They're just trying to get my money. But from Nintendo, we don't see it as evil because it's so bungled that it doesn't even feel like it could be evil because <laughs> this is so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the Wii U is the worst possible name for the <laughs> sequel to the Wii. It, it's terrible. You just call it the Wii 2. Like, how hard is that? Just do that. They didn't do that. And then now they're coming out with another 3DS, leaving aside the fact that I don't see why the 3D is still included because I never turn it on. Nope. I don't know anyone who does. Nope. So I would love if they phased that out. But they're not. They're keeping it, and they're not even... I mean, they could call it, like, the DS2 or the DS2.0. They could call it literally any other thing besides the new 3DS, and it would be a better name. They could call it a word as silly as we. I mean, I don't actually think people will buy this because I think this product is so confusing that they won't even understand what they're buying, which is exactly what happened with the Wii U. So... 
I can't even really be mad about this because it's so silly. Like, I can't actually muster up the energy to be mad at Nintendo for trying to do a cash grab because this is like somebody trying to rob you, but like they're also tap dancing. And you're like, (laughs) I'm scared of the gun, but... This is hilarious. Do you think that it really is a cash grab because of the amount of time and marketing and money that must go in to make a system that might not sell because they botched it? Yeah, but they don't have enough money right now. Like, they really didn't sell enough news at all. And I think this is desperate. This, to throw up this, is really literally what they did. Yeah, they vomited it. Yeah. You know, it's it really it's like some sort of regurgitated mess of like, well, you know, Apple tried named the the iPad the new iPad. Let's try that, and then like you know, well, yeah. the 3DS sold really well, so let's just call this one the the new 3DS, and let's let's release the other 3DS as well as the like. So I so don't here, know. here's here's the thing. Here's the thing though. Before before I get to what really offends me about this, <laughs> because <laughs> we're not already there. <laughs> we're okay. not already there. I mean, if this was not a video game console. We would not be having this conversation right now. Well, we might be. I mean, George no. is referring to the new iPad, and that's no, a pretty but, good point. But, they, but Apple comes out with a, with a new iPad every year, and, and Samsung comes out with 16,000 different new phones every year, and we don't bat an eyelash. The only thing is that because we have this expectation that video game consoles, we buy it, and it lasts for four or five years, that that's why we're having this conversation right now. But maybe that's not reasonable. I don't Maybe know if that's is. why I'm having I, this I conversation, don't. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Listen to Georgia get huffy. Wow. Why are we? I don't even know how to react to that, Georgia. I'm just like, I'm not used to this kind of sass from you. I know, you. that was so combative. No, go on. Do go on, Georgia. Yeah, what you please. Think? More. More. Guilty. No, she can't even do it. Okay, Brie, no, try to sell some no. stuff subliminally while she's laughing. No, because... <laughs> No, because it's it's the poor marketing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what you're gonna say. So it's the the poor marketing. I'm offended by the poor marketing. They're a big company that I expect to make awesome things, and I don't think there's anything wrong with them coming out with a a new 3ds. But maybe just don't call it that. Yeah, I, I don't but even their marketing is like consistently bad. The Wii <laughs> came out. People were like, "Why would you name a console Wii? Do they know what that's slang for in the states? Like, it's <laughs> but, not but something." Okay, the should... second one was I almost mean... the Wii Wii. <laughs> well, <laughs> as opposed to Wii Wii, which is something else entirely. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing but, that really offends me about this whole the way that they're handling this whole thing is that so they do this as a Japan only Nintendo Direct, and it's almost like. Hey, you guys outside Japan don't speak Japanese, so we're just kind of trying to slip this by. And it's like there's no acknowledgement of this thing outside of Japan at all. They're releasing new 3DSs as though nothing is happening. And it's like... think they're not going to release them here? Well, I think they are, but they're not releasing them at the same time. So it's like you're going to have people who are buying 3DSs that first of all, are not going to have the same functionality. There's going to be buying 3DSs for Smash Brothers. There are going to be some people who are doing that. And they're going to be missing out on functionality that you're going to get with the new 3DS. Like, the new 3DS is going to support the C-Stick, which we know is for cheaters. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's still going to support it, And except you're going to have people buying this now, which is not going to be available until next year, maybe. And Can thing- I play Smash with somebody on my old 3DS when they have a new 3DS? Yeah, I think you can. And I mean, they're going to be able to use the C-Stick? They're going to be able to use the C-Stick, and you won't. No. 
<laughs> I don't really care. I, I don't understand what the implications of that are yet in terms of playing the game. So I don't know whether or not I should be mad. Right. I, I'm probably mad, that. though. But, but, it's, but the thing see, is that see. the thing is that they still are stuck. Steve is filibustering. I, I, I know. I know. Steve has talked more on this show than I've ever heard yeah. him talk in his I, I'm life. I'm pissed is why. Because so there's they still have this funk, this thought that. It's 1992 and Japan is their primary market. And it's like we're seeing this over and over again where they're releasing they're, – they're going out of their way to make Pokken tournament for Japanese arcades and we don't well, know what we're going to Well, but maybe Japan that. is their primary no, market. No, but they're selling more units and more software in the US and in Europe than they are in Japan. It's it's 2014. Steve, we know I how to do like it. Always, I feel like they just don't Japan. care. Like, like isn't it just kind of their – yeah, like I'm not saying it they should do market be. Testing. I agree with you in, in your fury, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I do. I think Steve <laughs> is sad that Japan gets something that he doesn't. But get. don't they usually always re- release first in Japan? Like it's no, just kind Sony of Sony doesn't. Not anymore. No, I mean Nintendo. No, Nintendo does because they're stuck in 1992. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't agree. Nintendo I don't 1992 wrong. calls. Okay, well, they free, want their free, DS what are you back. Let Brie yeah, talk. let me talk. Steve, have you read Blake Harris's Console Wars? Console Wars, yeah. Start to finish, yes. Okay, great. Listen, Nintendo has this culture. They are a deeply Japanese com- you know, company. And it doesn't surprise me at all that they would do this. I mean, that's exactly like how they'd operate. Uh what I what I am saying is if you think about that company, and you think about like when they went from the Nintendo, the NES, to the Super Nintendo, and they were really worried and really thought about backwards com- you know, compatibility, and they ultimately didn't offer it, but they were very respectful to the parents that didn't want to feel ripped off. That is entirely different than 2014 Nintendo. Yeah. I say this with all respect, but dude, you are completely inculcated into this Nintendo <laughs> fanaticism. At what point do you not go, they... I mean, at what point do you not realize this company doesn't respect you as a consumer? Oh, I know they don't respect I mean, me as a consumer. Yeah. No, I absolutely do. Because if they were doing that, they wouldn't be releasing new 3DSs and not not acknowledging not it all. The problem isn't the bad 3DSs is to say you aren't included on the decision. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> like, what he wants. No, like, no, that's I, 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 no, no, Steve is no, upset pro- because he's like, where is the love? Where's no, the love, it's, Nintendo? It's like... If you're going to do it, then do it. Do a global launch. There's no reason to be doing... It's like they're going on in this country and they're selling 3DSs that are going to be outdated in three months and there's no... I'm I'm agreeing with you that that it's 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 offensive that they're selling the opposite from you though because I'm like let them keep these weird new 3ds's that I don't want in Japan for a while for a year as far as I'm concerned I can enjoy Smash with my friends who have the same kind of 3ds and not have to worry about these other controls I can just play normally like I have been. Yeah. And enjoy the plethora of 3DS games that I have, and there are many that I still haven't even gotten to play. It's a great system. So they, if the new one isn't out yet, that's fine for me. Yeah, no, that's great. They may think that they can't manufacture enough new 3DSs to meet demand. Yeah, that's true. For a global launch, they might honestly just be testing this in Japan, seeing how it goes, and uh, then if it fails, who knows? I mean, there were a lot of really weird Game Boys. I had like three different weird Game Boys. I had the Pocket. 
Nobody had a pocket. I, I had a, a pocket. Game Boy pocket. I had a pocket. The girls found it and they thought it was a phone. They were walking around trying to talk on it like well. a cell phone. Well, sweet. Everybody here had a Game Boy pocket, but it was a less popular Game Boy and it was a strange <laughs> shape. Maddie, though, Maddie, yeah. when will you when will you finally come to the recognition that you are not any weirder than you know the rest of us. I, that happens to me a lot on this show actually i'll be like right. nobody does x and then all three of you will be like i do that and i'm like wait <laughs> where were you my entire life that's why, we get along. That's why this podcast is so okay. happy I, right. I am going to have to exercise uh like whatever non-power okay. i have on the show I, I yeah, stop, moving I, on yeah, yeah. yeah no i i've i've i've, I've yeah. exhausted my my anger all right excellent so let's that was great so I guess if we're already talking about about new devices, we may as well touch on the Apple stuff yeah. for a little bit. And we're not going to go. We're not an Apple show. We're not an Apple show. We are not going to go. saying that to me. I know you're saying that to me. Well, no. I'm, I mean, <laughs> so huge. can I tell you guys, I spent, I was up until 4.15 in the morning last night trying to get our build for the iPhone 6 Plus out the door because, man, I mean, that's it's a big screen and the way it downsamples, like you're, you're, it's there are enough physical pixels on one screen, but then it's it's actually processing it actually larger to the point where screenshots are in a completely different resolution and it's downsampling it. I don't know. It's like you have two new iPhones coming out. They're huge. They're more powerful. I don't know. It looks cool. Like Rev sixty is going to look great on it when it comes out. Um, I think you know, the Apple Watch is. I think it's an interesting device, but I have to wonder, at first I'm like, what kind of games can GSX make on it? And then I'm like, well, their primary consideration is going to be battery, so it's probably going to be extremely RAM-constrained, extremely processor-constrained, because like that's what they're doing. That's why it's going to take longer to come out, because they're going through and they're going to super-optimize the software and everything to get it extremely efficient. So... You know, if they have this watch kit dev kit for people to you know start working with to make games with, I don't know. I worry that you could make anything substantial. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, the games yeah. that have been there was one game that was announced already, which is an arm wrestling game, which sounds yeah. like a, like a horribly bad idea. Yep. Because you're going to take your three hundred and fifty dollar watch and slam it into the table. That doesn't seem like a great idea. <laughs> I don't idea. think that they're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How you... <laughs> yeah. So, and EA is working on on some teams, you know, prototyping stuff. I mean, I guess the kinds of things that might work is like, you remember that Bounding game that came out like six months ago where you you have two people who are holding on to a phone and, and kind of moving it in certain certain like circles and then ended up with the two people dancing with it. Like maybe something like that, that or like I guess the guy who does uh, Johann Sebastian Joust was looking into if he can do something. Johann Sebastian Joust is a game that plays with the PlayStation Move controllers, and it's it's using them, but it's not using them. I don't think it even plays on the television. I think it's just using the controllers, and it's like virtual jousting with with the Move controllers. And he's looking with a way that he can use the watch with that. And I could see like more motion type games, but I don't. I can't see like what would you play like on that tiny screen. But but I mean even beyond yeah. that, you, what tools are you going to have? Are they right. going to have Sprite Kit? Are they going to have Scene Kit? Is it going to be able to render three D stuff? I mean, are you going to have OpenGL access to the entire you know, OpenGL layer on there? I mean, there are a lot of technical questions that 
I don't know. I should probably open a watch kit, you know, in Xcode and start playing with this. But I just, I have to really question the amount of power you're going to have to do anything that's interesting. Like, I thought about doing like a Revolution 60 uh, Tamaguchi game where like Maddie might have, you know, like mm-hmm. Holiday on her wrist and would be leveling mm-hmm. her up. And I'd do that like, sounds you know, like a Amelia. Great game. It would yeah. be good. But then it's like, okay, so Unreal isn't going to port to it. So if I, you know, mod my characters and, you know, somehow bring them in through OpenGL or, you know, SceneKit or something there and animate them. Okay, like, do you see what I mean? Like, all the tools to, like, animate them? Is it going to be able to, you know, run the Rev60 models? Am I going to have to take them through a retopology pass? Am I going to have to, you know, like alter their, you know, mesh-influencing bone structure? And it's, I until I can have one in my hand to actually test it and say, this is going to crash, this is not going to crash, um, this is going to drain your battery like crazy, which 3D will do, I don't know. I just think there's not enough known at this point. Yeah, they're going to have to be really, really simple. I think that there's some really cool ideas of stuff that you could use with the phone because it's going to be able to test your own heartbeat and your own levels of adrenaline. So I think that it would be great if they had um, some games for like Zen games of how to like lower your breathing so it could tell what your heart rate is. And if you keep, you know, your heart rate really low into a certain level or really fast if you're exercising or dealing with something else, you can get kind of like achievements unlocked. I think it's also really cute in that you can send like images to other people. So I think that you could play games that would be, you know, touch based versus other people. And I don't think that it would be a huge drain on the battery life. Um, in and of that, but I don't think it's going to be something. I like. I don't think that Apple is is marketing this as a games engine. I think it's going to be an adjunct to already the applications that have the phone. Like they have some really cool ideas that they have. Like the the touch movement on it, it can tell you which way to go, like left or right. Like I think that if you're really creative, you could find some interesting ways to create games on the watch, and they can also again, like you know, play off your phone, and the watch is something extra to that. Yeah, like a supplement for the game. Like those Poke Walkers or whatever right. they are. Other yeah. games have used things like that. Or or any game that uses real-life places that you walk around town to affect the game. There have been multiple mm-hmm. games that yeah, have like, done yeah. that. Yeah, like Zombies yeah. Run yeah, and, yeah, and, and Walk. Yeah and, yeah, and there's Ingress, I think it's called, which is a game where you go to different real-life places and there are monsters in the game when you get to the real-life place. Or what have you. So mm. that that always seemed cool to me, but I've never actually played any of those games. Mm. So I don't really leave my house, but I'm sure <laughs> that people who leave their houses enjoy those games. Well, those games are really good if you live in San Francisco. And I yeah, think, I think that... outside of San Francisco, those don't work quite as well. I thought it was so appropriate that they you know basically announced the Apple Watch on the 15th anniversary of the Dreamcast when it's going to basically work exactly like for games like the VMU did in that. Like, do you guys remember that when you play Sonic Adventure and then you take your VMU out of your Dreamcast? And it would be like a little Tamaguchi game i you, love that am i the only one the, the only oh. thing i ever saw on those vmu was like the logo of the game because that's all the developers except for like one or two games that launched like that's the only thing that i remember the developers using is like oh let's put the logo of the game on here and that's all we're going to do with it yep <laughs> i had a tamagotchi for real really um, i yeah. did too it was a terror that that entire period of time was was weird. Yeah, Why I had a Furby and it was this? not it was not I had great. a Furby as well. I had a well. Furby as well. This is so sad. <laughs> uh, I loved my Furby. <laughs> but yeah. then he creeped me out. Have you ever seen a Furby yeah, yeah, without yeah. the fur? 
Very no, scary. But I know that the fur does eventually fall out. It's not it's not as uh, they don't last forever. Yeah. Anyway. I've never had any of those things, and I think you're all weird. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's any thought that needs to go into it. I think it's already been proven. So, oh yeah, we're all weird for sure. <laughs> is, is there anything to this like death? Oh of the my fort- god, that is horrible. <laughs> that is like nightmare fuel from a horror movie. That is, is that is going to be for Did you look Annabelle at a too. Yeah, look at the Furby without fur. This is like a new segment oh on Isometric. God. Like what horrible, yeah. what horrible toy. Can Georgia dredge up that will uh, that will offend Brie? Because this is like two weeks in a row now. It's, yeah. They really are. I'll put one in the put one in the chat room. Oh, please Brie? don't put one in our, our little chat. Because these really are t- about as creepy as oh, possible. I'll be better than that. I'll tweet it at they you. They look right like now. weird okay. little robots, which I guess is what they are. The funniest part, Brie, is when you tweet stuff out or you put like you change your avatar <laughs> by the time people take a look at the show. It's like gone. Yeah. So I'm just confusing them. He's like a ninja. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What is this? This might this might have something to do with the new show." <laughs> it's like it's, a little it's trailer. Foreshadowing, Georgia. It's a, a component of quality literature. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm uneducated. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so speaking there, of being uncool, I still wear a watch. Do any of you still wear a watch? I, nope. I used I to have a pebble. Like Does that ago. count? It counts. I mean, I still wear a watch, and I've worn a watch every single day since middle school. I wear Same brand watch. Yeah, I wore an iPod Nano watch up until like two months ago when the, oh, the iPod Nano out. watches. I love the iPod yeah. Nano as a watch. That's a beautiful, yeah. it's a stunning device. I, well, I, I have an uncool watch. So what's, what's up, uncool internet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a Casio. Is it a Casio? I just like watch? knowing what time it is, and I like I setting my watch. watch. Anyway, I know a lot of people were talking about how they would never wear a watch because this new watch came out. And I just want to say, I already wear a watch. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm already not cool enough for this product. So you're, you're like a hipster. No, no. <laughs> I think you can actually be so uncool that even a hipster is like, I can't reclaim oh. that. I can't reclaim that level of uncoolness, ironically. Maddie, that's and that's crap. the level you're that cool. I'm at. You're cool. <laughs> it's it's cool to be uncool. Well, mm. <laughs> uh, that's an that's an argument for another time. But but I'll just say there are some forms of uncoolness that cannot be reclaimed, and I think watches might be one of them. But if anybody can try, it's Apple. So we'll see. So the other thing is with iOS eight coming out, we went through Revolution sixty, and we added like uh, we had so many people writing to complain about the ending of the game with a certain character that dies no matter what, that we made an ending where it's possible to save her. Uh, so when the iOS, mm-hmm. when iOS 8 comes out in like, what's it, is it next week it comes out? Yeah, it's, it's Wednesday mm-hmm. that it comes yeah, out. So yeah. it'll be the two day, Wednesday of the week that you're hearing this. Right. So assuming that Apple approves my app in time, um, you'll be able to play through the game and save a certain character and get a bunch of awesome scenes, too. So you really are like the Mass Effect of iOS now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're compromising your integrity by changing that? (laughs) No, because to be honest, we wrote the ending where it was ambiguous if she died or not in this particular ending. Um, So I always assumed she was alive. I just wanted to spell it out from the players because I've been getting 30 emails a day from people complaining about it. So, yeah. (laughs) 
So this is more of a condescending move on your part where yeah, you're like, it's like hey, leave come me on. alone. Come on. <laughs> Let like, me just spell understand. out something that should have been obvious from the subtext, <laughs> but which you didn't get. Sincerely, Brianna Wu. Yeah, no, when people are doing stack overflows, like trying to uh, figure out your ending or to pick it apart, like it's it's very weird. Like you're weirdly honored, like when people play through it 20 or 30 times, but I don't know, like some of the emails I get, because there's a there's a uber secret Easter egg in the game that no one has managed to find yet. And if you find it, like there's an extremely valuable prize tied along with it. It's really, really well hidden. And I'll have people that will write me all the time, like, hey, I rotated my iPad around 60 times today trying to figure this out. And <laughs> can, can, we, can we just clarify one thing? It, yeah, yeah. That Easter egg has nothing to do with Fandas.biz. Nope. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure that we clarify that on the show right now. Nope. <laughs> okay. No so joke. No joke. Had. And I'm not. If like six more months go by and nobody finds it, can you put a clue on Fandastop is? I will Ooh. do that. I will do that. No, I actually, I put this Easter egg when Maria was out one weekend. I had the whole binary to myself. So I'm like, well, let's get this all done. So I'm working all weekend to get it done so she wouldn't be able to see it. So. Oh, that's hilarious. See, Maria's not learned the lesson that I've learned, which is not to leave you alone with the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> So does Maria even know where it is? Uh, she's trying to figure it out, but um, oh, that's knowing great. that she would try to figure it out and she had access to the source code, I took special precautions to hide it from her, too. So this I haven't even told Frank. So. Does this mean there's a cream egg leopard? No, because <laughs> <laughs> no, I would need my team members to help me animate that and to implement it. Cream so. eggs are hard to animate? Well, <laughs> it's not that it's hard to animate. So I would have to have a material... Uh, oh, this is going to be... Dove talk. It's going to be boring to everyone. I, I would have to know. I want to know how you can animate nougat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would require <laughs> particle effects, and okay. I can't do that. That's Maria's job. So there you go, Steve. All right. So should we talk about Destiny real quick? Yeah. So, so Destiny was mildly successful. <laughs> so they a couple sold, of people bought couple, it. A couple people bought it. You might have heard of it. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of an obscure game, an obscure indie game. So they sold $500 million worth of units at launch. So that was – is that the biggest launch in history? Is that, is that what they're yep. – they're, they're saying that. I don't know if that's – so that's bigger than Halo or Call of Duty or anything up to date. So Can I say having played the beta, I'm kind of sad that I did because Me I too. played the beta and I was like, wow, this game is awesome. And now I get the real game and it's like, it's the same wow, thing. let me repeat the beta yeah. that I did exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, play the entire beta. Yeah. Incidentally, there was not like a secret way to import the character that I created in the beta into nope. the game, no. was there? Because no, they said they wiped, they wiped the servers. Because I, okay, because I had to recreate that entire character that I made in the character creator, which I love the character creator, but I was kind of sad that I had to redo everything. And I just wanted to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. Yeah, I mean, but no, I, I really, really did have to remake her from scratch. Great. Yeah, you did, okay. and, and I mean, it's like, and it's like, well, I'm watching the cutscene again, and bef- the first time around, I was like, oh, this is a pretty impressive cutscene, and now it's like, oh, well, okay, it's time to check Twitter now. Oh, just kidding, yeah. it's always time to check Twitter, but, yeah, but uh, I noticed more stuff this time around, though. I don't know if you guys had that feeling as well. Not I, really. I felt like. I noticed more stuff in the sense that it felt dumber. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I mean. Like, for example, let me just go ahead. I just played it, so it's really fresh in my mind because it took so long to download that I didn't get to play it until tonight. I I started downloading it last night. I'm sad. Anyway, 
I played it tonight. And that opening cutscene starts with it saying Mars, the present day. But it's not the present day because moments later within the same cutscene, a narrator explains to you that time is passing and that many, many other events have occurred. So why do they say it's the present day three times in multiple languages at the beginning of the game for a cutscene that does not take place in the present day? Also, this game is kind of dumb. Okay, I'm done. Also a boring story. Sorry. I, I, I feel like this is what I feel bad about, that there is some guy working or girl working on this project and like it was their career opportunity to like write a video game and oh my God, this is going to be the biggest IP ever. And they come up with the most D&D nonsense, like yep. awful, generic, oh, you are a guardian Oh, there is blood. Can you even summarize this story? Because even though I've seen that cutscene more than once, it is just garbage. I mean, the game looks incredible. I would would recommend it on looks alone. It's beautiful, but it has a terrible personality, right? I mean, it's... It's funny because, like, so Bri and I, we and our spouses finally got to play Diablo earlier this week. And so it's funny because we were getting through... And and this... I'm, I'm. well, it's Diablo kind of also so, has a terrible story. Well, that's exactly that it. Going is that we're this? going through and yes. we're talking to somebody. It's like, oh, and it's like circle, 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 get through it as quickly as, as possible because it's so cute that they're trying to have a plot. And uh-huh. it's like, <laughs> and it's the same thing here. It's like, can you just please, like Peter Dinklage, just be quiet and just let let me just shoot things in the face yeah, and yeah, be Steve, done with I it. I disagree with you there <laughs> because when I played Diablo, because I've played through every section we played in the game before, I, I'm not gonna say the story is good, but I think the actors' performance. Oh, the, yeah, the performances are good. It's yeah. good. Like they have um, Commander Malcolm from Star Trek Enterprise is like one of the uh, NPCs that you get to roll with you. Like, but that's I think, all, that only right. makes it more depressing, though, because right. not to like just get in a time capsule and complain about all the same things I complained about when Diablo three came out, but the fact that so much effort is put into those cutscenes. Yeah. In the interstitial cutscenes in Diablo 3, which look incredible, and they are so poorly written, and the plot, the stakes are so hard to care about in that game, yeah. and every beat of that story is just so silly that it it makes me upset that the actors are trying that hard and doing that well. It's like watching people perform a play written by a fifth grader but like the people performing the play are patrick stewart and i don't know it's just depressing it's like those yeah. commercials where like james earl jones is reading people's tweets yeah <laughs> i love those though those are amazing uh, i feel okay about that because i'm glad he's getting work no i know i mean it's hilarious but that's basically what it's like like they want to put some like nice scenes so that they can use that to like you know this is how amazing our game's going to be. I think it's because I mean uh, Bri, you can you know. give me your your idea about this but like I I think it's because the game at least Destiny and in part Diablo 3 is trying so hard to appeal to the lowest common denominator that it just waters down into this yep. really generic fantasy that doesn't really challenge you like there's no real like political angle like mass effect tried to do that sort of star trek inspired like oh there's some politics here some social issues here but that's not even present in destiny it's like 
all of that has been washed away by extra water, and now it's just the most watered down possible version of it. You're dead on, Maddie. You're yeah. dead it's on. It's to the, the point the, where the, why the, do you why even bother trying? Like just just <laughs> put me in. Just put me there. You don't need to give me a reason. That's essentially that what they've done. I know, and 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 but it's like the like even like the small veneer of trying. Like all you have to do is just put me someplace. It just give me Unreal Tournament. You know, like. Yeah. I don't even bother trying. Just throw me in arena, say, go shoot things and have fun. Is that partially our fault, though? Yeah. I mean, I've, we I'm complain to... about almost. An... Oh, sorry, Brie. No, go for it. Fine. <laughs> I, I really want to tell this story. Go ahead. Go and tell it. Please. It was PAX 2013. Okay. This is the first time I ever unveiled Revolution 60 to a bunch of people. So I'm doing my first PAX show. Like, we've worked our butts off on the demo. I've like stressed textures and all this stuff. And our booth is right next to like a first person shooter booth. So I'm watching people literally play Gears of War Judgment all day long and then come over and, and, yeah, my least favorite Gears of War game. Absolutely agree. And I'm watching them play that and then come over and play my game. And I realize now why these games have terrible stories because. I think there are some guys that do appreciate a well-written story, but I think the core audience for that, they would sit down and play Rev 60, and you would literally see men visibly resentful that they were being presented with a cutscene that they had to watch before they got to the action. And you would mm-hmm. see them hammering on the screen, like, come on, let's go. I don't have time for this. And the core gamer that really plays that kind of game is not interested in a narrative. I think they're interested in killing. And I, I think that's what they're, they're giving I, the consumer what they want. I have to push back on you know. a little bit on that okay. because PAX is a very different environment. Mm-hmm. And when you are at PAX there, I mean, I'm sure. And, I, and I'm not saying that there aren't some people who are like that, mm-hmm. but I've felt myself be that way at PAX too, because you are in a large in an area where you're trying to get through to get to as many things as you can and you're trying to experience as many things as you can and this you're not going to experience story at PAX mm-hmm. to the for the most part you're trying to get to the part of the game that's the mechanics that's actually the 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 part where you're experiencing the game so then you are when there is extended story that's something that you're and you're also kind of feeling the pressure a little bit if it's real or it's manufactured that there's somebody behind you who's waiting mm-hmm. to get the, to get there next so you kind of want to get through it and get to the point where you can experience it and then move on so there i i've kind of been like okay enough 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 and i i tried to play it like always sometimes monsters at pax this year and i was just kind of like okay i'm waiting for something to happen and nothing's happening and i got to yeah. But it's not just packs. I mean, I've seen this pattern not just with my game and my further game testing. I've seen this with other people's games. And, you know, with respect, I saw that with you and Diablo, like playing that with you. And you are, let's not do the story. Like, you're literally hammering the button. Well, uh, in in fairness, Brie, I've seen that story at least, like, eight times. Sure. So I don't need to see that story again. Like, I know know what's going to happen to Leah. I don't need to see it a six Well, but, like, that was what... Everybody said to me when Diablo 3 first came out, because I remember playing with people and they were hammering through it when they'd seen it maybe one time or barely even once. Like when the game launched, people were hammering through it. And when I say people, I mean like my male friends who I normally play shooters with, like the kinds of guys that Bree is thinking of. And they don't care about the story for that game. And that's fine. I, I really do think there is a huge 
portion of people who don't care about the story in their games at all. And I don't, I don't really relate to it. And at the time I was, I was like, why are we doing this guys? Like, I kind of want to know what's happening in the story. And I don't, I don't know who these characters are. And of course, eventually I played it through and I was like, Oh, now I know who they are and I don't care. I get it. This is just bad. <laughs> right. But I didn't even really have the opportunity to give it a chance. And it, it's sad because Diablo 2's story is actually kind of interesting and, and done in a way that I think is cool for anybody who did play that. Yeah, I, I, I agree think they did that. some cool things with the cutscenes in that game. I don't want to see it a million times. And Diablo 2 is designed to be played a million times. And once you see it once, you're kind of done. And I get that. But Diablo 3's story sucks the first time around. And Destiny's story... I'm not done with it the first time around, and I already am like, I don't care. So that's yeah. not a good sign. But yeah. I mean, look at Titanfall. I mean, I love Titanfall. I love the gameplay of that. And the universe of Titanfall is interesting. You have this, you know, uh, Firefly situation where you have like the, you have the Empire, and then you have the colonists that want to go do their own thing, and they have a battle over it. I played through that campaign like three times, and it just makes no sense. Like it's like you said, Maddie. They had an opportunity to tell a story with some grander things, and the water just washed it away. It ends up just being very perfunctory. And I'm not saying that there are no guys and many girls that don't want to get to the action as much as possible. But I think these weak stories are a result of the people that play the game and what the playtesting shows. Right. And, yeah, I mean, and, and, maybe... and to some extent, like I care about the story when I feel like the writers care about the story. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? And if we expect these games to not have a good story, then yeah. they won't. And then they don't. And then people play games not for story because they don't think a game has that. And the cycle continues. I think it comes back to like also the manner in which they market the game. Yep. So, you know, if they market the game with that it's a story-driven game, so we're playing like a Final Fantasy game where I think most people really care about the story. I might be wrong. No, um, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. but it's it's a story-driven game where you there's a lot of character development and different things are happening and you you kind of get involved in that and I think that I like I fully agree with Steve if if people have spent time to develop a, a story and a backstory to the characters and their characters are not like unilinear, they have, you know, a complexity to them and maybe even they change and evolve throughout the story, which would be amazing, then I'm involved in that story with them. But if they're just sticking it in as filler or just so that they can use it for cutscenes for demos, then I am that disinterested as well and I just want to get back to the part that they've actually evolved in the game that they're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Wolfenstein is, is a game that I played through for the story, primarily, you know, and and I mean the same thing to a lesser extent with Bioshock Infinite. We don't need to get into that whole discussion again. But but yeah, I mean, or the Last of Us. Or the which, Last I mean, of Us. The yeah. complaint that a lot of people had, and that I understand, is that the game aspects of that are too long, and in comparison with how they fit into the story, there's sort of a clunkiness there. And especially by the end of the game, yeah, it feels very much like okay, let's let's get to the end of the game already, just because yeah. Yeah. there are a lot of mechanical bits near the end that just feel tiresome because the narrative is speeding up but the gameplay isn't if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so it's yeah, almost like pace when, is off yeah like when you're getting to the climax of a really good story you want to know what happens and 
if the game is too hard to get you through there, that's really mm-hmm. frustrating. I don't know. That's sort of a separate problem. But but I think, I mean, this is like a classic video game problem. Like, how do we make a story that goes well with the mechanics? This is like old school 2009 conversations we're having right now. Or, yeah. or does it even have to have a story at all? I mean, I think that's the Some thing. Some games like, don't. Because, I mean, you know, like I keep saying, Unreal Tournament, like maybe they just didn't need to go for a story. Maybe they yeah, could have just, like just said, okay, you know? well, this, yeah, this Counter-Strike or Unreal Tournament, like this is, that's what it is. We don't, you don't really have to have a reason. We're throwing you in an interesting setting. Just go shoot things. Like different. Mortal Kombat, where they had no real, real story until after the end. And then we started to care about the characters and then the story developed as with right. the game that did. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I'm okay with that as well. I, I have a, a darker interpretation <laughs> on this. <laughs> You agree? No. I I do. I do. I was so, I was sitting there tonight with my husband before the show, and I was somehow we got into a conversation about the 80s movie Iron Eagle, which is awful. (laughs) And if if you've never seen this movie, you probably haven't, Steve. It's about this kid who's, yeah. It's about this kid whose father uh, is basically kidnapped by an unnamed Middle Eastern country, and he works with an Air Force colonel to steal a jet and to you know, wow. go basically take on this Middle Eastern country by um, himself. And this is a very popular movie in the 80s. And it was very different watching this as a child versus being an adult because I'm watching this and I'm like, gosh, you know, like the oil refinery production in this country, like that's going to have huge ramifications for the region or look at them portraying this Middle Eastern actor with this stereotype that just makes him this awful, terrible, evil villain, just by the way they're typecasting him. You know, it's a narrative made by a child for children. And I can't help but think that's what these narratives are in these kind of games, that they are so simple and they appeal to our basest, most most primitive instincts. Like, I am the hero. I'm going to go crush this bad guy. I've got to get these sword fragments. I am the chosen one. It's so perfunctory and it's so basic that it's insulting. But I think those forms of entertainment are popular for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the Transformers movies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would be more likely to compare it to something like pop music where... It has no staying power, but it has extremely high polish. Like I was, I was in my head comparing destiny to the music of LMFAO, for example, or like any other sort of fun pop song that is great one time and is great in certain contexts. Like you're hanging out with your friends, but if you actually sit and listen to it, it's not good at all. I, I think Destiny has a sort of joyful quality. And I, I have even pushed back against some people who have questioned why I got it. Because they're like, well, well why would you get something that's like so corporate and et cetera, et cetera. And I, well, first of all, I'm constantly buying horrible corporate things because I'm evil. Right. But but right. also, well, that goes without saying, Destiny really. is incredibly beautiful to look at. Yeah, yeah. And LMFAO is incredibly fun to dance to. I mean, it's like just right. this this very human fun joyful thing and yeah it's a game where you just shoot a million aliens in the face forever eternally 
and it, it's like past the point where shooting an alien has any functional meaning where you're like, oh, wow, should I feel bad about killing these aliens? No, it's not even meaningful in that sense. I, I don't think I'm it's like past a, a point where those signifiers symbolize anything. At least yeah. that's my take on it. It's like space invaders. It's just yeah. pretty. I mean, Space Invaders is beautiful in, in a particular way. And that's that's like Destiny is the most beautiful possible extension of Space Invaders. I, I think Destiny is gorgeous. And as someone that you know, makes this kind of art, I stare at every single frame of it. Like, do you know that shot of the ship hovering above the Earth with the mm-hmm. clouds yeah. beneath it? Yeah. It's, it's just stunningly beautiful. And yeah. Yeah, style is substance. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a scene yeah. really early on where you're in like a sewer, and I don't know how I, if it wasn't this well rendered in the beta. No, I, I know it. what you're talking about. There were moments yeah. in that beginning. I mean, when I was in the demo, I feel like they polished it up even more in this version. Or maybe I don't remember the demo that yeah. well. But in playing it tonight, I was like, I feel like they added in more little nooks and crannies. I don't know. Yeah, if there's I just like wasn't this investigating scene, enough. You're like in a corridor, and there's like this giant fan that's that's rotating really slowly, and there's like water Shadows on the floor, the and there's fan. like a yeah, there's like a shadow, like a light coming from behind the fan. You're seeing it like rippling in the water, and I was just blown away looking at it. And I don't remember that in the beta. Maybe they yeah. tighten that up in the in the final release. I mean. The plot is terrible, and it's sad to me that this game can be so beautiful and have such nothingness represented within its world. Like, there's nothing to keep me here in the world exploring it other than its beauty. And maybe that's enough. Yeah. I don't know. I'll see how long it holds my interest, I guess. But, I mean, I guess that's what you're paying $60 for is how good it looks. You're not. You're not really paying for the story and that's kind of too bad yeah and probably for you know for something to hang out with your friends and you know blow things up and you know there's something to be said for that too yeah that's true i mean i guess you maddie you and i both like gears of war a lot like i've I've played an embarrassing amount of gears of war 3 and i feel like i love that one the best Yeah. yeah i feel like that narrative even though you have entire legions of people playing it that don't understand like the irony of the title like you know, at least you have wider themes of you know desperation, of corruption, of Absolutely. loss. I mean, I think that yeah. the narrative of the Three Gears of War games is great. Yeah. And I have continued to think that. Yeah. Even though it is something that no one understands. I, and I'm someday right with you. Yeah. I will explain why. No, I've actually written many old pieces mm-hmm. that people can dig up if they want about why I like Gears of War so much. But I, I actually think that the story of those games is really interesting. And yeah. I think that many people probably skip those cutscenes and don't really care about the merging of humor and seriousness that those games do, mm-hmm. which is very weird and alienating at times. Just sort of having these very jokey characters and then putting them in extremely dark, serious situations, which is what Gears does time and time again. And I love that contrast. But some people think it's weird and bad and they skip every cutscene. That's fine. It works for me. But Destiny isn't even trying to take those kinds of risks. I mean, I'm not seeing any of that here. And like, I'm the kind of person who watches every Call of Duty cutscene as well. I, even when those cutscenes are boring, sometimes they're not very interesting. I really liked the Black Ops storylines for Call of Duty. I'm willing to be open minded about a supposedly boring shooter having a really cool story. But 
I'm also okay with it if a shooter has nothing going on besides what its pure mechanics are. I played Counter-Strike for many years. And, like, that's okay, too, you know? It can just be that. Seeing a bad story feels like an insult to me. I'm not okay with it. I need a reason to keep playing. And the reason... I mean, you and I have differing views on Final Fantasy thirteen three. I feel like Lightning is as many hundreds of hours as I'd invested in her in that world leading up to that game. I could not care about the character or her motivations to the point where it's the first Final Fantasy game since 1980 freaking five that I haven't been able to finish. And, you know... That game is really weird, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying I have to care. And, like, in Diablo, I need to have a motivation. Like, just clicking stuff isn't enough for me, you know? So so do you think you're going to be able to get through Destiny, though? Because, I mean, personally, the only thing that I care about is how cool this game looks. So right. that might be enough to keep me going. Do you feel like you won't make it? I, I don't know. I'm hoping Clan Isometricon will keep me inspired enough to, to play. And I'm hoping the social component might help with that. I, I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, I think Peter Dinklage's voice acting is awesome. And, You're like the only uh, yeah. one who likes it. Yeah, I'm not yeah, really yeah. all that impressed with it, to be honest with you. Really? I think it's yeah. great that Bree likes it. I, there's a lot of subtlety in the way he reads every line. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's maybe because I'm hearing the same lines over and over again that I've heard in the beta, but it's really starting to grate on me. Okay. I've never seen uh, Game of Thrones either. So well, maybe. neither have I. But. Yeah. <gasps> We're we're all like offending Georgia now. That's like, horrible. We're, we're making Georgia listen to us talk about Destiny, and now we're telling her we don't like Game of Thrones. Yeah, so. that's just now. I'm I'm just not even going to play the game now. That's horrible. Oh. <laughs> She's not going to play with us. Don't you not have a next gen thing to play it on? Yeah, I, I actually I actually could. We I I have. Uh, I, we're probably going to be getting it. So yay! Yeah, Sweet. so I'll try it out, and then I can see. <laughs> that will help for our end of the year discussions, which I can't. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to have to be playing like 100,000 games in a really short period of time, oh, but I have them all. Can I tell matter. you the funniest thing, though? Because like, I'm playing, I'm like, I'm busy uh, playing playing my game for today, and I'm reading all of my show notes that are like, like, and my kids are doing homework next to me, and they're like, they hear like, budding, because like, I'm listening to the Nintendo, like the 3DS video, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my homework. This is my work. <laughs> For the show that I have to do, so wow. this is what I'm. I'm working right now, <laughs> and I have to play this video game for work. Sure, mom. There's, there's no enjoyment in this. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Having yeah. to play a video game for work—it's fun all the way up until or, you have to play bad games. <laughs> you know, even bad games, as long as they're horrifically bad. You see, the problem is bad yeah, games are just adults, so but they're not so bad, bad that you can good. even be angry at them. Yeah, if it if it transpires into so bad it's good, then it's okay. Yes, yes but, we're so bad that this is going to be great to talk about and trash. Mm-hmm. But it, it's the ones that are like just meh. Yeah, that's just the ones that are the worst games to play for me. So Georgia, what are since you already brought it up, what are you playing this week? Ooh, okay. I'm I I downloaded it a while ago, but I never actually got to play it. I'm playing Limbo. And I love this game. It is a monochromatic side-scroller that I'm playing on my iPhone. And it's like a little tiny boy. And it's adorable and dark at the same time. At one point, I'll just say one thing. Like a spider like wraps me up in like his like spider web and is like going to like insanguinate me. <laughs> and I'm like hopping away. It is a creepy, fabulous game. So I'm really loving Limbo. 
Yeah, Limbo's really good. I liked it on the uh, even on the iPhone. It works out really well. It's one of those games that you wouldn't expect would work that well on the iPhone, but it, it works really well. Have cool. to say, loving it. I've always been interested in the art style, even though I haven't yeah. played it myself. It, is yeah, it looks really cool, beautiful. I didn't check it out because people said that it was really hard, and it sounded yeah. like the kind of thing that would frustrate me to no yeah. end. It's, it's not. It's it's, it's not, not that really hard. Hard. It's it's like and probably for you because you play a lot of games, you're not going to find it exceptionally hard. Yeah, it's puzzle platformer though, which yeah, is not a genre that I play that much. I do, I do some, but it's not, it's not something that I consider myself an expert at. But it's not, it's not. I would say like it's a, a moderate, not one of the really frustrating. Like you know, so far I haven't had to like look something up. So, and I'll, right. I'll usually yeah. keep at it, and I've I've yeah, gotten relatively far. So yeah, I got yeah, I haven't like, finished it, but I gotten pretty far in it too, and I've only had to look up a couple of puzzles yeah. that were really inscrutable. Well, yeah. Steve plays games on easy, so how hard, how hard could this be? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> the other That's joke that I could have guilty. said, if I wanted to go the other way, I could have said, well, the duck hunt dog never even laughed at Georgia, so she's probably a gaming <laughs> expert, so the game's probably really hard. No, no, no. Because I, see, Georgia's good at games and Steve is bad at games. Those were the two jokes. Did you get it? <laughs> They're anyway. always funnier when you explain them. I know. I know. So, Steve, what are you playing? Uh, are you playing so, Destiny? I feel like we're I, all playing I mean, Destiny. Yeah, I mean, I am playing Destiny, and that's that's been most of it. And then, so we've already kind of talked that to death. And then this morning I was listening to Idle Thumbs, and they were talking about this game for the iPhone called Desert Golfing, which is bizarre. And I don't even know what I think about it. I just downloaded it this morning, and I've been playing it. It's kind of like... If Angry Birds was golf, it's it's from the same guy who did the Enviro Bear games. And it's just like this sequence of hole after hole after hole of it's like three colors. There's like the sky and then the desert and the flag. And it just keeps a running total of like all of your all the strokes for every hole. And apparently it doesn't total them up until you get to a thousand holes i think i'm addicted to it <laughs> but i'm not wow. sure <laughs> but i'm not really sure okay if you, if you think you're addicted to it steve i'm just gonna say you're addicted to I it i probably am it's <laughs> it's, it's like a high level of gameplay that you have to think i might be yeah. addicted to and it, it's like it's like so minimalistic that it's almost terrible and yet i can't stop playing it so i don't know but it's it's interesting i, mm. I it's so it's two dollars and it's just like hole after hole after hole of just you know, it's like an Angry Birds mechanic where you pull it back and then you launch it towards the hole, and that kind of makes sense for a golf game. Yeah, though. it does, and it's it's terribly difficult, and I think I'm addicted to it. So cool. That's that's the other thing that I've been playing. I also got Mighty Gunvolt, which was fun, but uh, we also played a lot of Diablo, and we played a lot. Of, yeah, we did play a lot of Diablo online, and we keep forgetting to actually stream it because people have been asking us to do that. But frankly, why? It's so boring to watch. But people—they the, really. I guess they just want to hear you two talk. Which we that don't well, really. It's not just us; it's our spouses. Yeah, yeah. your spouses has, are both delightful. But Brie only has one microphone between her and Frank, so they're like you know huddled up together in front of the one mic, and oh, that's romantic. Yeah, <laughs> we're not. We're not lazy. We're romantic. Yeah, that's it. So, Brie, what are you? What are you playing other than Diablo and Destiny, or is that? Uh, a- I've been playing Diablo, Destiny, and uh, Danganronpa 2. I'm playing. I'm loving. It's, it's a great game. I'm just completely addicted to that world and the story. 
Um, it's just, it's great. I'm kind of truly befuddled by some of the reviews I've read of it this week that say the story and the last story didn't make any sense. And I think it like makes an immense amount of sense. Like the, the moment I knew it was a really great game is when I beat Danganronpa one and I put it down. And do you know that thing after you beat a game and you're thinking about it nonstop for days yeah. to the point where yes. you have to pick it up and experience the story again to like, think about it. It's like really surreal and awesome like that. And the sequel is more of that. The characters aren't really growing on me as much as the cast from the first one. You know, and also it's like when somebody gets killed in Danganronpa, like you spend the whole time, you start a new chapter and you're like, oh God, I hope it's not anyone I really, really like this time that's going to die. And then when someone does die, you're like, I hope one of my favorites didn't kill them. And you're like rooting for it not to be your favorites <laughs> through the whole trial. Oh, I um, so it's it's wonderful. It's it's much harder than the first. I, I was talking about this on Twitter, though. This one is somehow amazingly even more porny and gross in that way Japanese games can be gross sometimes. Like, one of the mechanics of the game is for you to unlock abilities to get through the trials. You have to, like, get to know the people you're on the island with. And it's like, it's these really well-written scenes of you getting to know someone slowly and hearing about their story. So maybe you find out the the girl that's a gamer girl has more going on with her. Or you find out like the the rock star might have a little bit more going on with her. And there's this mechanic that as soon as you like get to the highest level and you get to be really close with them on an emotional level, then for the female characters it gives you a pair of their panties. And it's just like <laughs> so grody and pervy and inappropriate and and so untrue to like getting to know these characters as people it's just i mean the stuff where you're talking to some girl that has boobs hanging out and they're as big as her head like at this point I'm just numb to that like i feel nothing at this point but it's 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 disappointing does that make sense to you yeah I mean, yeah. when there's some story element that forces me to acknowledge, like, oh, right, I'm supposed to see this character as a sexual object. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I can I can definitely ignore a lot of weird outfits and, like, every, char- every character having, like, a particular body type, that sort of thing. I'm pretty desensitized to. But once the narrative implements something, it's tough for me. I mean, we've yeah. obviously, we've talked about that on the show before. It, it's, it's tough when yeah. you actually care about the characters. Yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. really hard. Is when you care about this character, and for me, it's always a shock. Is when the character's been treated well, m- moderately like like a character in the game, yeah. not just yeah. as a. Theme. And then suddenly they just throw this twist, and I was like, "Oh man, like really?" Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's was, weird every oh. time, especially <laughs> when it's like. I mean, there's some games where you can kind of expect that it's going to go in that situation, in that direction. But it's like when it's something like this where. It, especially when it's dealing with it's dealing with like high school kids, right? Yeah, that's even a little bit more creepy. But it's also the entire game is about despair, and the entire game is about nothing else than making you get to know these people and care about these people on an emotional level as people. And there's nothing else to the game but that. Like it exceeds at creating this really creepy atmosphere as you know people are going to die and you can't trust anyone. And then to throw this 
it's it's just so wrong and it's it's this choice the game industry keeps making and it just it disappoints me all the more when i really love a game as much as i love this one you know so it seems like especially with with games that are coming out of japan too yeah yeah oh we can be gross over here too we can be gross yeah. but it seems like a lot of times when we hear about something when we're like gross it's usually gross. Yeah. like also violent like right. in the mortal kombat games we're we have our own weird things we're into <laughs> in America. This particular kind of grossness, though, is, it seems to be... Yeah, they uh, really like panties in Japan. Japanese listeners write in and explain that to us. <laughs> I would like to know that. I would like to we don't. We that. don't really care as much here. We just, for whatever reason, panties aren't as much of a thing. So, At least so not as play? much as it seems in Japanese games. So what are you playing, Maddie? Um, I, I mean, I played Destiny tonight. I, besides that, I've played just more Had a Full Boyfriend, which, to re- reiterate, is still really funny. And the world of the game is so weird and delightful. Like, they come up with this entire backstory for why the birds are there. And just the entire joke of it is taken to the weirdest possible conclusions. I think and I might try to play this game. It's really great. And I, it's definitely built such that you kind of have to date every bird in order to see the entire story of the world that you're in. So instead of thinking of it as just a parody dating game, which it definitely is a parody dating game where you date birds, it is that. But it's also a really cool world. I, I've just really been enjoying it, and it's still really funny. So that's great, and I enjoyed playing Destiny tonight, and I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I didn't get to play that much of it, though, sadly. It took so, so long to download. So so you, too, can play every single game with birds. Yeah. I mean, Destiny should have more birds in it, is really what I'm saying. Because all stories need birds. Well, I don't no, you know. can play Smash Brothers, which is going to have the duck hunt ducks. It's going to have the ducks? Well, the ducks go along with the dog. Well, <laughs> okay. That's true. Matt, I, that's why Maddie's all upset about that because she's on the duck side. I, I just have to, I have to bring this back around because I just saw a picture of Kirby eating the dog and then Kirby turns into the dog. Yeah, that's what, Kirby's, is, that's what Kirby does. What Kirby that's does. Kirby's game. And it Kirby is adorable. Kirby will eat anybody and take their powers. He's like the most adorable version of Rogue ever. So thank you very much uh, for listening this week. Uh, as always, you can go uh, review the show on iTunes. Uh, that helps us out a lot. Again, that going up, getting up to number two this week was awesome, and, and getting all the, the awesome reviews this week was also a lot of fun to read, and we really love when you review the show, and it does help us out a lot. So if you can do that, we would really appreciate it. Uh, you can go visit the show notes for this show and every show at 5x5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can send us feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com and you can follow the show on Twitter at isometricshow and you can also follow all of us individually. I'm Wicked Good and Bree, where can people find you? Well, I'll tell you that in a minute, but I want to hijack the show for just a second because you have said that same thing on every single show. It's like you start talking and my brain just tunes out and I just don't even hear it at this point. It's like a comfy blanket, Bree. Well, I want to reiterate, if you review our show on iTunes, like Steve just gave you this information, but I'm giving it to you in a more enthusiastic, awesome tone. Like, it really helps us. You should totally follow the show's Twitter. Like, we have so much nonsense and craziness going on all throughout the week on Twitter. That if you just listen to the podcast, you're kind of missing a lot of the show. So, are. Yeah, yeah. So, it is. So, it is wild, crazy, and yes. mostly ridiculous. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. we tell each other jokes all week, and you're missing we out. We do. 
yeah. and they're, they usually don't make much sense. No, they but don't. But if you listen to the show, <laughs> they make slightly more. You, you say that as though the, the jokes that we say on the show make sense. Right. So answering the question, where you can find me is by uh, tweeting the word guilty to hashtag <laughs> Bandicate or Space Cacto on Twitter. And Maddie, where can people find you? I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia? Georgia underscore Dow. So thank you, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.